Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you for being with us again today at this hour as luxury buyers take refuge in a rental market. Sales brokers are being forced to adapt as well. In the midst of a sluggish sales market, would-be buyers are turning to the high-end rental market to wait out the uncertainty. As a result, sales brokers have found themselves working with a shifting group of clientele and increasingly negotiating pricing rental deals. How long will this last? The panel will discuss that and more. Also at this hour, one-third of New Yorkers want to ditch the Big Apple. Yeah, that's right. One-third want to leave New York City. A study by brokerage houses and the real estate listing hub uh, Redfin found that 34% of its New York City users are searching for property outside the city. Is it for summer homes or is it for permanent residents? We don't know. We will weigh in on all of that. But first, you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. In the news this morning, and very big news indeed, Four years ago, Leonard Steinberg stunned the brokerage world when he announced he was leaving Douglas Elliman for Compass, then a startup brokerage with just $150 million in its war chest. It was very, uh, he says, it was a very tumultuous time because he took an enormous risk on a company that was not known for resale brokerage at all. Steinberg told this to the uh, Real Deal in a studio interview late last week. Uh, He continues by saying, I walked away from a well over $1 billion worth of business, so the risk I took was enormous but I've always been one to enjoy a calculated risk. Since then, much has changed for the technology-focused brokerage, which has added numerous well-known names to its roster, expanded its cities across the country, and amassed a $2.2 billion valuation following a $450 million investment recently from SoftBank. Throughout it all, Steinberg has had to navigate the tricky gray area that comes with being both president of a brokerage firm and one of its top producing agents. He says, I've learned over time that there have been agents and brokerages brokerages that have said, why would you want to list with Leonard or why would you want to work at Compass if you have someone in senior management competing against uh, the same business? Steinberg went on to say pretty much 99% or 100% of his business is existing clientele that has expanded out of existing clientele. So I think it was very untru- a very untrue perception that I think requires more clarity. To minimize the appearance of any conflict of interest, Steinberg told The Real Deal last week he is stepping down as president and going into a new role at Compass. He has no idea how the industry will react, but I do know the agents who uh, I care about most know who I am, how they know how I conduct myself, and will completely understand what that means. As Leonard moves into his new real estate practice full-time, we here at Good Morning New York wish him continued success as everything he does in real estate turns to gold, Leonard has been a friend and a frequent guest on the show, and we love him. All the best to you, Leonard. So, question to all of you. What, I mean, did you, I read this the other day, and I was literally completely taken by surprise, but not entirely shocked that he would want to make a move like this. What What do you think is behind this? I mean, he is a very high-end and very top producer, but, you know, the prestige of being the president of a firm, I don't know. Well, I can speak from somebody who has a very, you know, I have a significant business, but I certainly don't do the kind of numbers I'm sure Leonard does. But, you know, having just managing, managing. Wheezy. You're just more uptown, girl. But managing a, a 150 to $200 million business or whatever it is that I do, 
I have only six people, seven people who work for me, and I want to do what I love to do, right. which is being I with the people. Yeah. I agree. And so to to be mm. bottlenecked, and I don't mean that in a negative way, um, it's one of the things that I've worked on my entire year on this year is cultivating my culture. It's a lot of energy. And so you you can't, you know, if you, anybody hasn't read Gary Keller's book, mm-hmm. The One Thing, oh. that is something you should read. And if you focus on the one thing, then the rest will find its place. And I think that I like that you're writing that down, Tracy. Yeah, <laughs> but I read, I read that book. It's a good book. It's a, it's yeah. a good book. You it's really it. about, about helping people to stay focused because we today are thinking that multitasking is the most important thing in the world. But the truth of the matter is if you're great at one thing, I'm great with people, period. That's yeah. really all I'm good at. I also think I love that you use oh, the word bottleneck awful. because – Leonard's just too creative and cool to be a quote-unquote president. Like, he needed a more creative title. And I think that everyone at Compass kind of knows that. Um, and to your point, like, he he has a huge team himself. He has a, at least 10 people that work underneath him. Um, and I love Leonard to death. I think he's one of the coolest people in our you industry. Don't know who doesn't like I don't. Leonard. Yeah. yeah, seriously. He's one of those brokers no, that amazing. no one says a bad thing about. And no one. Because he's a good um, person besides being a good agent. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone well, on his team the same way. Let's be honest. You know, and I could listen to him so talk all talent. day long. Amazing. Right? right? That accent. The accent, but smart we as We love hell. you, Leonard. We do. Can you tell? It's the Leonard Steinberg show. Truly, no, but 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 good points, and and, and like, like I said, he's a friend to the show. He's been here several times, and we do wish him very uh, very much success, and I have no doubt that that will continue. All right, so moving on, as luxury buyers take refuge in the rental market, as I said at the top of the show, sales brokers are being forced to adapt in the midst of a sluggish sales market. Would-be buyers are turning to the high-end rental market to wait out the uncertainty. As a result, sales brokers have found themselves working with a shifting. A group of clientele and in- increasingly negotiating uh, pricey rental deals instead of pricey or high-end sales deals. So how is this affecting or is it affecting any of your businesses? I know I've done a lot more rentals this year than I've ever done I in my 16-year well. yeah. career. And a lot of it has been for the simple reason, like, well, it, with all the uncertainty and I don't know where the prices are going to go, I think I'm going to either renew my current lease or I'm going to go out and find something in the short term, short term being a year, and wait until the playing field levels off, and then we'll see what happens. Are you experiencing the same thing? I mean, it's been really well, kind of shocking to me in my in my book of business. I, I, I just, sorry, I just finished three transactions. Sorry, guys. Um, I seem to talk all the time. <laughs> we hadn't noticed that. <laughs> but, but I will just say in the last 10 days, we put together a 13000 a 20000 and mm. an $18,000 rental. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, um... You know, my team was like, we're not doing rentals anymore. It was a lot. I'll do a twenty thousand dollar rental. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, okay. but I'm just there, saying. There's a rental, that, and then there's a rental. I but, mean, but, yeah, but, but there are a lot people, of work. Rentals are a lot of work. I'm in the process of putting of another deal together with my clients at 1185 Park, who've been in that penthouse mm. for 30 years. Wow. And they are they're not going to buy before they they're going to rent before they because they've just empty nested 30 years of their lives and. But those people, just like the people that have moved into 50 Madison Avenue who sold their townhouse for 20 years, they are a lot of work because it's a life change. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, for a short time. Every day change, I mean, everyday rentals, these were not. No, of course you not. Know, Absolutely. For me, a huge 
part of my my business is I have a lot of first time buyers um, just solely because of my age. But then I have a lot of empty nesters because of growing up around here. And so you're such a good Jewish boy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like to think I'm a young mensch. Um, <laughs> and that's what side. Yeah, yeah, that you well, that we concur. Yeah. I mean, you know, I only go to shul once a day. Um, but so I got. <laughs> stop, stop it. Oh, stop it, Maddie. Maddie Cohen. <laughs> so, no, so I mean, the one thing that they have in common is that I feel like, unless they're extremely, extremely comfortable and 150% on what they're going to buy, they won't pull the trigger. Um, because whether you're an empty nester who is not 100% on like what neighborhood they want to be in yet because they were in the burbs for a while, or you're a first time buyer and you want a deal, especially in this market. And if you don't feel like you're getting a deal, I've actually had a few of those clients um, try and buy a new developments developer wouldn't give them all they wanted. And they decided to rent instead for a year. And they were like, let's see what happens. They'd rather like, they'd rather not do something right now. And they'd rather kind of take a chance. But I think that for those first time buyers, they should Every one of those people from $4 million down should be locking their interest rates. And it's oh, crazy. 100%. Yeah. Not to. What are you waiting for? It's you such a waste of money. Down you are going to no. be buying. You're going to buy more today than less tomorrow. And that is the buying power of what the interest rates. And people are arguing that the market's going to soften because of interest rates. But, you know, you can look at history. And the facts are the facts. Exactly. And to, to compare the, the numbers that, that Louise just said with, with those rentals, I mean, that's, that's such a huge waste of money. Put that into, into um, a mortgage. It, it'll be similar. You'll actually own it. You'll get some money back. You know, right. if anything, you might break even. I mean, those kind of numbers, I, I just... I don't disagree with that, but philosophically... Um, I'm I'm made to own. That's just the cloth yeah. I'm cut from. Yeah. But for those people who are changing their life and they're in their sixties and they more don't flexibility with that. I think yeah. they have to figure out what's right yeah, for them. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. so spending a lot of money in your and I's mind and theirs it's, as well. It's all about peace of mind. But yeah. but to just to, you know, I'm not gonna bring up age. Um, but I definitely think that that's a more old way of looking at things because the new way of looking at things with Thanks. the majority of people I see, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, old. is he got the word old in the <laughs> he wasn't talking about a casual okay. slip. I mean, right. you look younger than me, so that's all that matters. Um, but I, you know, people, people so who are itchy. in their, people who are in their twenties or in their early thirties, I find that they want more flexibility in life and they don't Absolutely. mind as much you know, dishing out a lot of rent so that they could have that flexibility so that in a year they can, you know, move to LA if they need to for their tech company or, you know, relocate somewhere else. Like people don't want to be tied down anymore by ownership. Definitely well, to get back to Vince's original question, <laughs> <laughs> um, New York City is a 67% renting city. There are absolutely and always have been more renters than buyers, which is so different from your typical city in the United States, or I think even in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but also, there's just been so much new development, as we've discussed in other shows, with so many investor buyers that are flooding the market for rental inventory. Renting has become a better deal again. We have had a busier rental season as well, Vince, I think, in, in, large, pack, uh, in large part because of those factors. As yeah, well. and it's interesting because I have a, a new development, uh, three-bed, uh, three-and-a-half bathroom, uh, you know, 2,000-square-foot apartment, gorgeous view, 16th floor, unobstructed, awesome. amazing. Where? Uh, East 61st Street. However, I'm getting more 61st people. 61st and 2nd. And shout second. out. There you go. The Claire. <laughs> the Claire. But I get more people coming in wanting to rent this space versus purchase this space. Been going back to what Louise said a minute ago. I mean, you're getting more, I think, for your money today than, than, than before. We've significantly reduced. So people still look at this with some trepidation and fear. Like, 
I, I think I should rent for a year, maybe with an option to buy a year from now. And a year from now, you know, the prices could be even higher. Is it on the well, is it, no, is I mean, it is it on the rental market? No, too? so no, it's just it, on for sales. Just people are coming sale. in for. Rentals. Coming in under the guise of yep. sales and wow. then saying, I'd rather rent this than not. I mean, but, but, oh, hold a thought. Sorry. We'll come back after this. We have to take a break. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back on the other side. Don't go away. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their product. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are here today with uh, Matthew Cohen from CORE, Tracy Hammersley from, uh, uh, from oh, Douglas. Say my name! Why say my name! You, you really do want me to be at Halstead with you, don't you, I Vince? do, I take it as a sweetie, high compliment. But I keep but... the mistake every week. <laughs> Douglas Element Real Estate. It's actually in writing. In writing. It's in writing. It's in writing. Anna Shagalov is here from Halstead Real Estate. Louise <laughs> Phillips Forbes okay. is here from Real, uh, Halstead Real Estate. And Niall Lundgren from Compass. All right. So just following on that conversation, though, uh, before we move on to the next topic, Louise, you were making a point uh, during the break. So I, I think the market is kind of lopsided in that people aren't necessarily sure what they want to do. So I think they're trying uh, all different options. Maybe I'll rent, maybe I'll buy, maybe I'll wait just a little longer by renting because maybe the prices will come down. Maybe due to interest rates or whatever, the market will get softer. However, the flip side of that is it could get stronger. We've seen mm-hmm. slower, crazy markets turn into very booming, robust market. So I think they're taking more of a chance by not doing something today. Yes. Looking at today's not, lower right? interest rates that are still low even today. I, I, I think you also, so for some people, I mean, for the millennial generation, for example, I get that, I get that, you know, my clients who are millennials, I, I'm already, and they're not even 30 and they're on their, their third apartment and they are creating wealth through that. 
And so I think that what's right for generation, that millennial generation and what's right for, you know, the boom, the boom generation is might be the boomer generation may be different. Also, I mean, we forget sometimes, but we're real estate experts, like we're experts in our fields. You know, most people out there are not. So if you think about it as a regular person out there who works in some other industry, you know, take interest rates out of the equation because they're not experts. So they're looking at what's happening with border control right now. They're looking at what's happening with the Supreme Court. Well, that's They're the looking at the destruction, destruction of our government as we speak. And I think it's really hard to make a big move in their life for anyone, whether it's real estate, buying a boat, whatever that may be. I think it's hard to just, you know, commit to that when so much volatility is going on around the world. I think it's somewhat, some. I, I agree with you, Matt, and I think uh, it's somewhat short-sighted because if you look at the history of disasters that have happened in this world and how New York City in particular is held up you know, in spite of those disasters, four it's months very, drop after September 11th and yeah, that precipitated the largest growth. It's short-sighted. I, Anna, that's an excellent point because it's very true. We seem to be able to come back from major <laughs> conflict or major disaster in this town anyway, better than anybody else does. And, you know, it's like I told somebody several months ago, and I laugh because I still laugh when I think about this story. I, I did mention it on the air here. Again, over at the Claire trying to sell, you know, a $4 million apartment. And somebody said to me, I mean, really close to putting in an offer and very serious, came back, I don't know, nine times to see the place. And the only hesitation was, well, you know what, um, I, I'm just concerned that if, you know, we get a nuclear bomb hit by Korea, you know, I'm going to sort of, you know, lose my investment or I'm paraphrasing. And I just kind of looked at him and said, New York City, well, dude, if you get a nuclear hit in New York City, your investment is gone, but so are you. Exactly. You're done. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What are you trying to protect? Did you yes, but, but the, the confidence, right. listen, I'm I'm listen. what we just experienced 18 to 24 months is a lack of confidence. Exactly. And people are neurotic. People are much more neurotic than they ever were. And that's why the market is shifting by the day. Every single day. It's like you you really need to have your ear to the grindstone. And multiple different segments of the marketplace, too. Because of the the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Every neighborhood, every price point, (laughs) rental or sale is a different market. And and I've been around for a long time in this business. I've never seen anything quite like it. So anyway, moving on. It's an aid. It's an uh, age-old point that New York City real estate is one of the safest investments after this conversation, one of the safest investments (laughs) one can possibly make. In fact, this reasoning is often used to explain the popularity of our city's market with foreign buyers looking for places to stash their cash, even though it's a little difficult for them today. Our market has a history of trending upwards and trends and tends rather to be less volatile than real estate in other cities. But buying an apartment is a lot more complicated than snapping up some stocks or stashing cash in an index fund. Our mutual funds, and it can take a number of years before potential price appreciation on your home outweighs the upfront cash you laid out in order to buy it. Okay, so there's all kinds of reasons why people do buy, uh, and you know, for, mostly for good reasons. How long do you stay in your apartment? Then we're talking about New York City investments only uh, for for personal, private use, full time, or investment, whatever. How long do you stay in your apartment? Uh, to start to see your value increase. And I get this question all the time, especially in a market like today, where buyers say to me, well, because of all the uncertainty and all the price changes and, and fluctuations, how long do I need to stay in my apartment before I can potentially sell it and at least break even or, or, or make a profit? 
I think most of us here would say an average of seven years. Exactly what I was going to say. Um, but, you know, it depends on the timing. Obviously, we are in a ever so fluctuating market right now. So that that's a strong, valid answer when you look at statistics and history. Um, but then, you know, people who bought in 2011 and 2012, even 2010, saw very quick returns within three years. So it really depends on what the market is. That was a great is. time to buy. That was a very low time in the market. Um, so it's obviously very different, but I think standard, we'd say average of seven and, years. And New York City might be different than Miami because of the taxes and the cost of, of actually just doing the transaction. It's just not the brokerage commission. You know, you have a city and, city and state transfer. And so sometimes I think that, that you have to take that into consideration. What, Do you guys in your businesses see a difference, though, in, in length of stay, to, to, to say it uh, any easier? But but in, in length of stay, do you see it different in the higher-end, you know, apartments that people buy you or the, or the medium size? Nothing's really low-end anymore. Or is it pretty I think much it's standard? Neighborhood. I think it's neighborhood. Agreed. Yeah. Neighborhood. And actually, not to get the consultant's answer, it depends. It really does right. depend neighborhood, price point. And neighborhood meaning year. schools and, and, and families and kids growing up. You don't want to, you know, take them out of their environment until they're right. at least finished schools. I mean, I think that has a that big... Well, I mean, you kind of just answered your own question because the one bedrooms are, you know, they're going to be a lot more transient. Yeah. Because you're not, you don't have kids and you don't have families in them. Well, I mean, a lot of people do, actually. Yeah, they actually, squeeze them in. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, they do. Well, but they, that's, they try to. I mean, those I, are people that are diehard New Yorkers that are not leaving under any circumstances, and I love them. Too. One of the I reasons I took a new development city. 10 years ago on the uh, Midtown West was because it was a mix of studios, ones, and twos. Mm -hmm. And I knew that after a couple of years, that building was going to start trading like crazy because of life. You know, one bedrooms need two bedrooms, two bedrooms sure, need three exactly, bedrooms. Yep. Studios want to go up to what? It's just a common progression. Yeah. Who better and to I'm, help them than the resident broker? And I've been in that building for 10 years. No complaints. However, I did really take that building on for that reason. I had a choice That's of a couple right. at that time, and I said, I want that one. And I mean, you know, they, they trade like crazy, but... Um, Anyway, so I, I think it I think it depends on I think it depends on a lot of things, but I think you know five to seven years, probably seven years, you're going to keep it a place. Uh, no matter what the market does, it's going to come back to. I don't know anybody in New York City who lost money selling an apartment. I I'm, personally, I do not. Anybody I've sold to or anybody you know that I've heard of. So I, I'm sure there are examples, but not you know not that many. Not yeah. that many. Really not that many. All right, moving on to the Upper West Side. Lincoln Square, a part of the Upper West Side, uh, is a literal square of approximately 50 blocks that runs east-west from Central Park West to the West Side Drive and north-south from 59th Street to 72nd Street. The neighborhood, which is bisected by Broadway and contains the Lincoln Center Superblock, has an enormous amount of culture, loads of prestigious schools, tons of old-school uh, luxury residences lining the park and a massive five-acre, four-building new development called Waterline Square. Big buzzwords these days. Uh, finalizing a decade-long master plan for the neighborhood to kind of rival the Hudson uh, Yards uh, project. What about, you know, Waterline Square is so, I mean, unique? Why is there such buzz about it? I mean, if you think about where it is, I mean, is it too far west for some people? Is it ideal for some people? I mean, the amenities in that in that complex are just... They have to be incredible. They're so they on steroids. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a truly an opportunity for lifestyle living mm. with... Um, on steroids. I mean, the fact that, you, you know, we've had bowling alleys, you've had some of these things, but to have... 
indoor soccer, indoor tennis, three lap pools. Uh, you know, I don't want you to leave. They right. and and they kind of have to do that. And to why stand would out. you? It's um, kind of a little I, city within a city. I mean, the original plan, and, and I'm asking all of you because I don't really recall right now, but I mean, there's supposed to be restaurants and, and a school and, and retail. Uh, supermarkets, so, retail. So you don't so, really have to leave your little three or four block. The point block of being in the story, you're going to be in a neighborhood like I agree. The story is well, that, that that's um, my point. They, I, I lived on 63rd and Riverside for five years. And so I lived there, of course, before all this happened. I, I left when it got cool. Um, I mean, what? Come on. <laughs> that's um, when I met you, Matthew. I met something. Cohen. I know, it's, uh, that's when I met him. No, I should have stayed there. Uh, well, um, but no, they, you've so done they, very this, well. So they first put in a huge Starbucks. They now have Soul Cycle. Westside Market is opening in the mm-hmm. fall, which is like the first grocery store in that area ever. Um, and they're also opening either a. You mean the one like on the Upper West Side? On West Side Market. Yeah, yeah. Like the wow. one that they have in Chelsea, too. Wow. And they have one in the East Village. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they're also potentially Agreed. opening a Dalton campus there. Um, okay. The Here's what I don't personally understand about that whole that whole thing. So okay. TF Cornerstone is it built a huge building right across the street from Via 57. So you now have over a thousand rental apartments on 57th between like 11th and the highway. And now you have I mean, over a really thousand condos going there. Right. And to Anna's point, it's not neighborhoody. Like it's very gritty it's you're on the highway and there really um, aren't any train systems over there that cold, yeah it's windy i mean it's oh, it's yeah. it's definitely going to be a certain type of buyer um i think that when i'm over there i actually feel similarities <laughs> to parts of chicago um because it does get very windy Lake it's like very new kind of windy. Yeah, i mean not that bad but um what people like these days is that you know, I had a, I have one of my tech clients um, recently said to me, he was like, I'm going to think about buying. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be over the next year. And let me tell you what piques my interest, because he's a very smart guy, like went to HBS, went to Wharton. And so, and he said, I like that there are three cities being built right now in Manhattan. And I was like, explain that. I, I, it's an interesting concept. Who said that? This is a client of mine. Oh. Um, and he goes, well, there's Essex Crossing. There's Hudson, you know, Hudson Yards, and there's Waterline Square. And I was like, it's very interesting that I think that for the first time in Manhattan history, it's becoming like other big cities around the world that almost has cosmic cities in, like, sub-cities in Manhattan. But I kind of agree with what Anna said a minute ago. You know, why live in New York City if you're going to be so self-contained into a, a but, five, but six, ten block radius? But the point is that you don't city. have to be. You don't, right, have, you to don't be. have to you be. You can have the quality of life and the one-stop living one-stop shopping if you will and you could branch out god forbid and take a shuttle over to lincoln center i mean it is really i mean it's a pretty it's, extraordinary yeah. it's a cultural yeah. experience to do that <laughs> so and that's, well, that's yeah. what the city that's is about good, good point. That. but you have to give props to these developers because they are building subsidies like they're built there it's not only condos it's not only rentals they're also building offices no, like yeah. Yeah. if you look at um metro tech in right. downtown Brooklyn, Brooklyn, like where yeah. J.P. Morgan is, yeah. that's condos, that's rentals, that's offices, and people are flooding there. So, well, like, that, you ever walk around there midday on a weekday? It is 
It is jamming. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's, there's I would disagree, is. though, with the Essex Crossing being part of that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work going on there. It's two million square feet. It's it is, but it's already an established neighborhood, and there's already subway yeah, systems. Yeah, but it's Absolutely. but but and but, that's where I live. Yeah, no, I get it. But <laughs> me too. Me too. But so does Niall. Yeah, but, we're but neighbors. The bottom line is, is that it's it's also it's it's a new chapter in that neighborhood. One hundred percent. But I wouldn't call it a subsidy. What what I think oh. is. Come on, how is that possible? It's not starting a subsidy is just like a right, city right, within Guess what? I'm going to give you all time to think while we're on a break. We have to take <laughs> a break. We are live from Blastoff Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. We will continue on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Back and we're here with Matthew Cohen from CORE, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagelhoff from Halstead Real Estate, Niall Lundgren from Compass, and Louise Phillips-Forbes from Halstead. Before we move on, I wanted to just ask Matthew Cohen about a new get that he just got. So tell us a little bit about your latest successor. Um, so we are taking over this project called 515. We are. It's Who's on we? 80 Creek Scene and Iacor. Um, it's a Core, great new project that's on 29th and the High Line. It's a Sue Chan project who's a world famous architect. The developers forum. The apartments are glorious. I mean, it's, they really are stunning. Like pictures do it no justice they are. to to even describe it. The only word I can use is delicious. I should put a cake in every <laughs> one of these apartments and just be like, "You love red velvet? Come to this apartment." Um, red velvet, of course. <laughs> there are there there are fifteen apartments. Um, How did he know there's that? a north and a south. It's uh, two to four bedrooms and, you know, two duplexes, really an unbelievable project. You have to come see it. Um, It's blended. I can tell you that prices start in the mid fours and they go all the way up to seven, basically. Mazel tov. Thank you. Mazel tov. On the heels of that, congratulations, by the way, on the heels of that, one third of New Yorkers, as I said at the top of the show, want to leave New York City. They want to ditch New York City. I don't believe it. I don't don't either. either. So we're going to talk about We're talking secondary tertiary homes. This is not. Well, 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 that's what I wanted to get at. A study by all the brokerage houses and the real estate listings hub, Redfin, found that 34% of New Yorkers, when they're doing their searches for a new place, are looking more out of the city, out of the boroughs, and into the 
the looking suburbs. Looking and moving are two completely different things. It gets worse. Of the 34%, most look at homes in our cities are tribal. Boston, for example, Chicago. The data released earlier this month also shows New Yorkers browsing homes in Miami and Atlanta. So, I mean, there goes the argument potentially of, of summer homes. It's a nationwide phenomenon given rising prices and limited inventory here in New York. Wannabe home buyers currently living in expensive cities are looking at the secondary markets of, but still want to be in a city, of the 21% of San Francisco folk searching outside the Bay Area. Most are eyeing cheaper Sacramento. Seattle residents are uh, ogling less costly counties in sunny Los Angeles, while Washington, D.C. folks and dwellers examine nearby Philadelphia. So, it seems to be the trend for these 34% of people conducting searches around the country, mostly here in New York City, are looking for cheaper alternatives. However, they still want to stay in a city situation. But so, how do we know that they're looking for their primary residence versus an investment property somewhere else? We I'm don't just, know that. I'm just guessing that if you're a New York City residence and you're looking in Atlanta or in, in Chicago, I can't imagine maybe they think that would be a weekend are, place. I don't know. Or maybe no, it's just an investment. Place, but just an investment. Yeah, Miami is like a, a six-borough. Yes, so it's it New York you know, We're not too worried about that. Uh, Miami is the sister common. of New York City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, six-borough. There you go. That's exactly what it is. Well, Tracy, talk about that. Yes, as a condo owner and licensed Florida broker, I can say that we definitely thought after the uh, national tax reform that we would have people flooding to Florida as a no um, no income tax state. And in January, there's a little bump and then it was nothing. But I think that's because everyone, including their CPAs, were figuring out exactly the intricacies and the impact of what that would mean to everyone's personal taxes. And now post-April 15th, we are seeing a little bit more of a bump. And I think that Florida is going to absolutely, if not Miami, then other parts, Tampa, North Florida, is going to become more of a destination for people who are disenfranchised with the high taxes for the state, uh, like New York. Uh, yeah. Also, when was that, that bought in Florida? When yeah. was that article published? That article yeah. was published uh, two weeks ago. So this, um, over the last week, if you've been watching MSNBC and CNBC, uh, specifically, actually, Rachel Maddow spoke about this. I, I'm not, just to put it out there, I'm very, very moderate. I'm not a huge Rachel fan. She's so liberal. It She's drives so me wild. Um, but, so dramatic. But they were talking about how people are really, you know, flocking to be closer to cities lately because, um, especially with all the increases in heat, Throughout the world, um, people are not necessarily comfortable with being so far into suburbs these days when they don't have access out of it because of all the wildfires and all that That's good stuff. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, people feel a little, I guess, a little safer, closer to an urban environment. Uh, yeah, but but see, my 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 experiences, and I mean, I've looked at the you know the article a couple of weeks ago as we we're reporting today, but I've also seen, I have not rather seen uh, anybody. Blocking the city, as this this article suggests, I think people, as we talked about earlier in the in the program th- this morning, more people are kind of sitting back and holding yeah, off and waiting to see what may happen. But I don't know of anybody, certainly folks who have children in school, families here. I mean, what are you going to do in Chicago? What are you going to do in, in in Atlanta? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't You're have a cheaper life in my periphery. I don't have. see yes. any of that happening. So I'm just wondering. Not that I'm well, saying there's not any valid points to the article, but. Who are these thirty-four percent of people in New York City? I, I think yeah, more people searchers. are. They're not movers. I think more people are extending the borders of the city. I think more people are going like further east and west in oh, neighborhoods. I, mean, I think that people are going to Red Hook. They're like going. Check to, out you what's going to happen in Staten Island and the right. Bronx. I mean, the South Red, Bronx is going to well, be amazing. So the last three yeah. years, 
the acquisitions are 500 to 600% cheaper than Brooklyn and Queens. And developers have been buying them up since 2000 and really 12 and 13. And those deals are coming to fruition now. It's not only affordable housing. They are projects. I have no, no, probably project, four absolutely. couples that have sold their Chelsea apartments and have moved to the Bronx. Tell us a little they, bit about your premium point project because it's absolutely stunning and it's on the market for a couple of weeks or so. And I think I'm going to sell that. I mean, it looks to me. I know the neighborhood. Weeks. It looks this stunning. is New Rochelle. It is 23,000 square feet. It's a Stanford White House. It was built in the 18. 18- 90s and completed in 1904. It was built for a yachtsman. It's called the All View. My friends who own it, I'm now licensed in Westchester. And if anybody needs yeah. to know, yeah. I'm about to put a deal together in Tarrytown also. Ooh, oh, I love Tarrytown. So, oh my God, my favorite city. I don't know what is going on. So, um, anyway, you're you know, moving and shaking, honey. You're moving and shaking. I, I, I think what's so amazing, right. I just did a great article uh, that will be coming out at some point this week um, talking about the history of this and what a privilege it is for somebody. I sell amazing apartments, and I've sold some dumps. But, but <laughs> in this case, I will say that it's such a privilege to kind of experience history and mm. the quality of craftsmanship. The, the previous person that owned this house was an African diplomat, and a, rumors were that he did a $26 million restoration on this house and renovation in the 90s, and that he had an Italian guy wow. doing all the coffer ceilings for three years living in the house. Oh, I, I, yeah. So it's so amazing, and I invite you all to go and it's to LouisePhillipsForbes.com and take a look at it. How much? Wait, it's is called it? All Views? All Views. Yeah. And there's I'm going to have an apartment one day, and I'm going to call it Some Views. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> is. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do a shout-out on there, and I'm going to say Some Views, right, Matt? <laughs> I've seen the outside of that house many but, times because I went to school up in that neighborhood, so I know what it looks like. I know it's stunning, but and you're asking how much again? It's eighteen million point nine five. It's almost a bargain. Twenty three thousand square feet. <laughs> it's, I was, it's spectacular, it's and bargain. every room. It's thirteen I, bedrooms. It is twelve bathrooms. It, it, but you know what? It doesn't feel ginormous. There's something incredibly intimate about it, mm. and every room has water views. Yeah, all and you views. know, all views. All views. views. You know, I well, in when I'm in my six hundred square foot apartment, it feels very intimate too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. There you, you have know, it. I mean, listen, I was watching Million Dollar Listing. I think it was last week or the week before, and Frederick was representing Fifty Cent up in Connecticut, and his oh, fifty thousand square foot house yeah. was on the market for three nine nine. That's my friend Sharon uh, Could, Jennifer's. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Couldn't sell the, pro- the the house at all. Finally, gets an offer for three point four, and then Fifty Cent decides he's going to give it to charity. So that's where that ended. But a fi- but but I, you know I'm watching this and good for him. I know that is actually that's lovely. Awesome. I didn't that's hear awesome. That's awesome. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Good but I'm thinking, him. who could possibly li- one person, by the way, living in fifty thousand square feet? Why? What I mean, an amazing this- orphanage or whatever halfway well, house. Well, he, he donated it to on. some children's organization, oh, and they're going to have it for children. I mean, I think it's an a incredible. Fresh air, a fresh air, a fresh air camp. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yep. That's pretty amazing. I think God it's bless. completely amazing. Yeah. So you know, that's a guy that, that, to him, that literally he he uh, he sold drugs. <laughs> Certainly doesn't need the money, right? He sold drugs to mm-hmm. produce his first um, album, Three Thousand Bucks, mm-hmm. and good for Fitty. him. You're number yep. one. Fitty. 
Well, anyway, getting back to the the people ditching New York City. So we're all in agreement that it's really not prevalent here in Manhattan or in the boroughs. It's kind of maybe... We just reject that out of hand. That's an incorrect article. I don't... (laughs) Not only that... I mean, I still see people coming in. Don't you see empty nesters coming in? I mean, that's all the time. time. All the time. All the time. But but for Street Easy to say that this past year was 264,000 people moving into New York City is just not factual. They need to, like, get bit with the program where's phil let's trash yeah. <laughs> well well and, and back to that that you know uh story of people leaving the city i mean everybody doing searches i mean you know the street easy hags that they can't stay off of street easy i really do believe that people street do easy. searches in the middle of the night during work hours just to look at what's out there anywhere whether they plan to move or not so all of that statistic counts and then real you, estate you porn a, is acceptable I was just going to say Always. real estate porn <laughs> yeah. and, and real estate porn extends outside of Manhattan absolutely yeah. and boy does it my goodness it's unbelievable you do look at what will that same many I mean look 18 million for 23,000 square feet is not happening in New York City so it is just very interesting to see in Miami you can get insane deals you know the guy yeah. that's going to end up I think buying that has nine children yeah, well, there you go. Needs that space. Space. It's amazing. Nine children. Nine children Nine and children a lot of life vests. So Twenty-one. Jump in the water and get hurt. From twenty-one. <laughs> the guy to buying four it doesn't months. have a. To, is it just to him? Four months. Ben, steer us back. Wow. <laughs> ben, it's still going, huh? It's incredible. Well, we've he's got a couple, we've got a couple of minutes left to the next segment, and then I don't want to get into a new topic. So I'm going to ask, basically, you know, talking about all these high-priced, you know, out-of-city uh, places and whatever. What does our current townhouse market look like Ooh, yes. it's moving listen 51 million dollars thank goodness for for the project uh 36 footer on 70 the uh kips bay house correct that's a beautiful house though and uh joe's wife is a friend of mine and i'm telling you those that's a beautiful house. they got 51 million dollars for that yeah Congratulations. they did also how about the townhouse market on the outskirts of the city, Brooklyn that is in fuego. Is hot, crazy. Brooklyn, there are there are bidding wars. The I mean, prices we're, we're on those houses in Brooklyn these days are stunning. Is, yes, stunning. It, I mean, they're doing new developments that are just townhouses in Brooklyn these days, yeah. and they're flying. It's well, they're amazing. Beautiful for like One would argue with you. How much for, for like for a huge townhouse in Brooklyn? Four million, brand new. Five thousand, I mean, four thousand. Yeah, I mean, I'm in contract amazing. for for uh, they're fourteen hundred bucks a foot for four thousand square feet. In Whereabouts? That's incredible. Move in ready condition. Really? Little wow. cosmetic things. My Tracy, that's amazing though. That price per square foot is is quite amazing. You can go to Bedside or Bushwick and get a huge townhouse for like under two million dollars i mean it's amazing and, and let's not forget the ten thousand square foot one that i sold off of madison 82nd street for 13.75 yeah and it yeah. was renovated right yeah, that that's also very that good. also the, that the tax factor is, is is coming into play here because you are paying fewer dollars in taxes for right. the year than you are for your condo for well one of the things well one so. of the things i've noticed and we have to go to break in the, in the townhouse marketplace though because uh I'm, we're struggling with a with a seller of ours trying to put his on the market but the taxes the real estate taxes on these houses have gone from almost dirt cheap nothing to out of control numbers that it's a deterrent when people want to buy anyway. I've got to take a break. We're live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. We will come back right after this break. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back with Lise Phillips, Forbes, Niall Lundgren, Anna Shagalov, Tracy Hammersley, and Matt Cohen. In our last segment, I want to talk about, we talked about a lot of, you know, investing type of conversation today, but what is the current state of the investor market, the people who live outside of New York City or even in New York City and want to invest in property here. I spent some time the other day looking about a dozen condo units in Midtown that were offered for both sale or rent, simple annual returns, rent less taxes, less common charges divided by asking prices, all showed were under uh, 2.0%, except for one unit at 2.4%, which was offered for rent furnished. So the the 3% cap, the 4% cap, the 5% cap that everybody used to just jump into the, you know, the mix and want and grab doesn't exist. The best you're going to find is around the 2ish mark. So I'm sorry Vince, if if I may, this is absolutely true, except I have an exciting two new buildings that I've not yet brought to market. They're coming on this week in Washington Heights, West 183rd Street, minimum 6% cap rate. So come talk to me if you'd like, if you have Those any investors Those are buildings versus that. apartments. Though. Tracy Correct. Hammersley, Douglas yes. Elliman, look yeah. her up. That's, <laughs> an, well, that, but that's amazing. Yes, it's great. Because it is that a fantastic not, opportunity. Right. It is hard to, in Manhattan, no less, a 6% cap rate. Well, and, so, and, and this so, is legit. It could be higher. Well, right. I think and it's, so the norm is not that. So. The norm is you're lucky if you get three. 
Correct. Yeah. Right, but I do so think that's location-based. Do- yes. That's location-based. Where was based. that one? West Washington 183rd Heights. off St. Nicholas Avenue. She's up in, yeah. Love I mean, you're that. talking about Midtown. Uh, that's such a great And hood. Midtown it's, has an overabundance. This is just Midtown, Right, correct. Midtown has an overabundance of investor units. Like, I always think I, when I have investors, right away, if we talk about cap rates, I'm like, we're going to Harlem. 100% we're going to Harlem. We're going to For parts of Brooklyn. Dive? Oh, yeah. Parts of financial security. But are you getting pushed back with these fringe neighborhoods, though? Not that not that Harlem is fringe. East My Village. Investors, East Village. Well, East Village is yeah. cool, though. Yeah. That's, but that's it, a cool place. But, but, I mean, there have been opportunities there for the last... Correct. C-D. If you have a if you have a true investor, if you're a newer agent out there and they're giving you pushback on the location, okay. put it into numbers. Like investors love numbers. They love when there's any part of green. Like if you see the numbers in the green in Harlem and they're in the red in Midtown, there you go. Like it's when, not that hard to put together when people an Excel say that, sheet. But when people say to me that two percent uh, returns, you know, it kind of indicate that the market is not in balance. I mean, you know, w- w- what are they talking about? It it hasn't been greater than that for a very long time. And I believe, other than some extreme French examples, as you said. that, you know, the prices have gone up, the common charges have gone up, you know, the real estate taxes have gone up. So, you know, when investors were able to buy condos years ago yes. as investment properties, it the numbers made sense. I can't tell you how many investors I see come through new development and resale condos that I deal with. And they do the spreadsheet right in front of you, and it's like, okay, this is not going to work for me. Got to go. And I'm like, okay, fine. But you know what? When you get to the next place, it's going to be the same thing. Well, because years ago you had tax abatements like 421A and J51s, Absolutely. and you, you were able to justify Correct. the low taxes with regards to the cap rate. But now – no, very few buildings have tax abatements, um, you know, and monthlies are very high. There, are, you know, especially in some of these fringe neighborhoods, like if you go far east in Gramercy, those are really high tax lots. So very, it's very. hard to justify it unless you're all cash. Well, I I think it was 2004, 2005, The Economist did a big article about how there was a disparity between the rental prices and the sales prices. And I think it's been since then. So if you've got investors that are coming in thinking about pricing from 10, 12 years ago, that is when the divide actually started, that you were able to make less and less money because the prices were rising at a higher rate than the rentals. So that's been going on since then. And that's how Tracy hammers it out. (laughs) (laughs) Tracy hammers me, hammers it. I won't hurt you. I'm I'm going to produce her TV show, and that's the tagline. It's like, the more you know, the more Tracy hammers. (laughs) By the way. I love that you are hired. Hired. By the way, guys, don't you agree that we're sitting looking at three just absolutely gorgeous women today? I mean, there's something about the heat of summer. Everybody's glowing. This is why we show up every Tuesday. Too bad. This is not television, right? I mean, this is absolutely oh, amazing. What is this studs. sexism? What about well, Niall and I? Then there's, then there's Niall and Matt, of Niall course. And Matt, and, you know, you're gorgeous women as well. They're, <laughs> they're, gorgeous, like they're gorgeous men as well. Gorgeous men as well. Okay, so anyway, getting we back. We love you, Vince. Thank you. Thank on you. top. No, but it's true. I mean, you know, you all walked you in. You get back like, on top, Vince. Whoa. <laughs> okay, subprime mortgages are making a big comeback seriously, and seem to be accelerating. They are even being bundled and sold as mortgage-backed securities. This is what blew up the financial system back a decade ago, 10 years ago, the financial, uh uh-huh, 2008. In terms of its potential impact on New York State real estate, think about this. The number one thing that is making current applicants subprime is that they have already been foreclosed on at least once before. Mm. So So now people are 
uh, that are in the habit of walking away from properties when things head south are being given the opportunity to buy again. Oh, boy, here we go. New York used to be somewhat immune to this because it was 90% co-ops, 10% condos. But now that the number of condos has surpassed the number of co-ops, and certainly in terms of what's on the market for purchase, has well surpassed them, this potential stopgap has greatly diminished. What are yeah, your thoughts? Can you explain thoughts? those numbers? Can you explain yeah, that? I'm still thinking it's 70 co-ops oh, at 30 yeah. condo. Can, you explain that? can we explain that, Vince? Well, well, I, I've got the stats right here, girls. Of course right. you do. <laughs> Excuse me, boys. Yeah, um, Just in Manhattan, there are 187,800 units. Condominiums, 98,788. Wow. Rentals, 474,000. Correct. And one to three family homes, 10,143. However, for all the boroughs, you have 401,000 for co ops, 205 for condos. You have a million 30, one to three families, that's all five boroughs. And you have 1.326 in rentals. Currently offered today, we have 4,014 condos on the market and 3,378. Co-ops. Wow. Have surpassed. I wow. just hammered wow. you that. Get- <laughs> <laughs> Luis, you get the hammer. Well, right. That's from new development. All right. Oh. So then what is the, what is the okay. new split then? It used to be, you know, whatever used to well, be 70 Well, it's still 30. statistically, guys, it's still, it's, About I know you 30, said 70. 60. Yeah. It, you said 60. It's actually, uh, it's 25% co-op. Yeah. It is a 24%, yeah. 24.2%. And you have... Fourteen percent. You have fourteen percent condos, which is rising. Louise, in the, in the condo number, are they taking what's currently on the market or what's already I'm sold? I'm a numbers chick. I'm dyslexic. That's what happens. It's a curse. I'm <laughs> like Rain great. Man. Are they? You know, you you do very well with numbers, but but the bottom line is, so uh, in that condo number, are they taking into consideration what's only sold and closed or everything that's on the market? Everything that's filed that, with the attorney general. Okay, so that's not that's okay, a, those, are, those are those are apartments that are not necessarily though, occupied yeah. at the moment, but okay. will be at some point, right? Fair sure. enough to say. Sure. I think the whole foreclosure thing, to get back to your question, is um, you know I have had some trouble throughout the years with clients of mine because m- the majority of my clients have mortgages. Um, I wish I was one of those people who had all all cash that's clients. I love it, you know it'd be nice it, here and there. It's it it happens, but I have more the deals aren't always easier. Trust me. Uh, well, I have more my kinds of people who are getting mortgages, and um, a lot of them own multiple residences throughout the country. Correct. And they've had trouble throughout the years getting approved for mortgages just because of you know um, quantity of ownership so you i think the foreclosure liabilities right because yeah. banks yeah. don't like yeah. you know any of that they don't like sure. risk so um you know i think that the whole foreclosure issue going on right now is very similar to the multiple ownership issue that happened a few years ago um i don't know if it'll go back to what 2008 was i don't know if it's a strong enough factor in the mortgage banking world but and i i think it'll be settled like they settled the multiple ownership i think the subprime market back a decade ago in 2008 was a lot more stronger and a lot more serious than it is today if it's creeping back you know a little bit here a little bit there it's going to take a while back then it took a long time mm-hmm. under those guidelines to get to where we we ended up in 28 2008 so i think we're pretty good if if people pay attention that that is not necessarily the right option financially yeah. for them but you know you never know people want to buy as somebody said louise said earlier today she's a buying kind of person she's an ownership kind of person See, most people want to do that 
Anyway, we are out of time. That's it for me today. That's our show for today. Thanks to my guests and panel, as always. Always remember how wonderful life is while you are in this world. Thank you, uh, Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Be kind to one another for all of us at Voice America all around the world. Thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. 